Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold-out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough, and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Thewellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your life. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And our beautiful Cindy is still away in Denver. And, and oh God, we, I think we're saying that just about every week at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, she is having a fat time, and I mean P H A T, fat time, <laughs> skiing, ripping up the slopes, and she's having so much fun with her family and all the kids and their partners. I mean, I can't imagine a better way to spend Christmas. Can you, Kimmy? No, my darling. And, oh. you know, she is living what we all talk about we should all be doing. So totally. I absolutely think it's exciting and wonderful. And because she's got such a massive year next year with launching her What's With Wheat uh, documentary, yes. I think she's just getting ready for the build-up and the new launch of her book, Changing Habits, Changing Lives, the updated edition to coincide with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll let her off the hook. She's allowed to take a breather. <laughs> just this once. Let's just hope you're doing the same, Missy Moo. Yes. Oh, well, you know, we will get there. We will get there. <laughs> but, you know, we've got somebody pretty awesome to share the show with us today, Miss Kimmy Poo, because we've oh. got the gorgeous Christy Ord, who is the founder of an incredible movement around wellness and events around Australia. So we are uber, uber, uber excited to welcome you to the show, Miss Christy. We're going to talk all about everything that you do, Thank so I'm you. not going to throw it all into the intro because I think there's so much to talk about with you and what you do and why you do it. And I know that between um, Kim and I, we've just got a million questions to ask you. So welcome to Up For A Chat. Yay. And thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, great to be here with you beautiful ladies. Yeah, well, we're very, very lucky to have you with us. So I think I'm I'm super cool to kind of discover exactly who you are and why you do what you do. What do you reckon, Kimmy? What do you reckon? Yeah, actually, Christy, I, I mean, look, we've obviously we have the pleasure of being on the wellness couch with you with our beautiful podcasts. How about you give us a little background as to who you are, how you've come to mm-hmm. being where you are, and and maybe lead us along there because I do. I've got a list of questions here, but it may be answered with some of your your own. Um, interpretation of where you've got to. Awesome. All right, let's do it. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a background as to how I got into the wellness industry. Um, Basically, I'm 27 now and 
when I was 23 was when I sort of started to transition into this industry. I was pretty much the most unhealthy person living at that stage of my life. I was in a corporate job, so I was a HR manager for a mining company. Um, so it was quite stressful, um, long hours. I was doing a lot of fly in, fly out um, type work. I was the only male in an organization of 300 drillers. Um, so it was a, an interesting time of my life. And I was in a very unhealthy relationship with my, my ex-partner. It was a very toxic relationship. And my health, which, which is obviously why I've now moved into this industry, but my health was really spiraling out of control at about 23. Um, for 10 years prior to that, I'd been dealing with a lot of like bronchitis. So I would, I would constantly get bronchitis. I was constantly having digestive problems. So it was literally like someone was stabbing me. And, um, you know, as a result, when your digestive system's not working, your whole immune system obviously isn't working. So I was often getting a lot of different frequent um, vomiting bugs and flus and colds and all sorts of things. So um, when I got to 23 and sort of all these things started getting out of control, you know, it was like my finances were out of control, my career I hated, um, you know, I wasn't happy with who I was, I wasn't happy in my relationship. And my health, I guess, was the the least thing that I looked after. So I was, you know, always at the pub. I was eating like big carbonara meals and big steaks and big like, I don't know, fatty foods and I had a lot of sugary foods and um, I was drinking about a bottle of wine every single night and partying my ass off whenever I could. Um, and it just sort of got to this point where I just snapped out of it. I was like, I had a friend come to me and he was like, Christy, if you don't start making some serious changes, like your life's not going to get any better. And he could see the pain that I was going through. And so the last four years have just been an absolute blast. Like it's not only been a health journey of, um, you know, transitioning from this very unhealthy way of eating, but also a very unhealthy way of living in my eyes. Um, you know, so now I live in beautiful Burley. Um, I run the Real Food Revolution, which is an event that goes across Australia and teaches people how to transform their health and life. And, um, yeah, completely transformed my own health. So no longer have any digestive problems, no longer have bronchitis, um, very rarely get sick now. Um, and I look a lot younger. It's interesting looking back at photos and I'm like, wow, I look about 30 when I was 23 and now I look a lot younger. Um, and so, yeah, everything in my life changed in the last couple of years. Um, so that's a little bit of a snippet of, of kind of where life was at before 23 and then where life has sort of gone after 23 uh, with many sort of things that have come within that. So facing a lot of fears. I mean, I public speak now, but, you know, if you asked me to do something three years ago in terms of public speaking, there would be no way. <laughs> that's why I always say to people, go to Karen's course, like learn how to public speak. It's one of the biggest fears that you need to overcome. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a huge life transformation uh, in the last couple of years. So Christy, are you a herbalist and a naturopath, or like no, no, no? no you um, just have no, attracted I, those people as part of the whole group that yeah, you have together. Yeah, yeah. I, I am a holistic health practitioner, so I looked into doing study, um, and I didn't want to go down the route of being a nutritionist or naturopath. I actually didn't like the uh, courses that were provided in Australia. So I did go with a university and did a practitioner course in America, which was done online. And 
that teaches you all about lifestyle. I mean, obviously, nutrition and health is very important, but um, there's so many factors that do come into that. So that's where I went with my studies. But now it's about really working with people that do have, you know, that are naturopaths or are nutritionists and, get you know, um, getting them in front of Australia. You know, we this when this goes to air, it'll be between Christmas and New Year. This is the time of year where people are pretty relieved to get the year over with, perhaps. And for many yeah. people, it's a time to start looking at what they're going to aim for, uh, what yeah. they'd love to have different. And I guess my question to you is when when someone asks, or if we asked our listeners, fast track 365 days, do you want to be feeling, looking, being and acting exactly the same way that you do today in 365 days' time? What is your purpose behind Real Food Revolution? And if people were keen to make significant changes in their life, what are you offering in order for people to feel like they could make those changes? Yeah, so the purpose behind the Real Food Revolution is really just to get people to take full control over their health. It is. It blows my mind that I meet so many people that put their health last and put themselves last. Often we will go and spend $5,000 on a marketing course or we'll go and do a business course or whatever it might be to, you know, to elevate our finances. But often we don't actually spend the money to invest into what is most important, which is ourselves and our health. So the Real Food Revolution is really about, you know, empowering people to come along for one weekend where we literally go through all parts of living a real food lifestyle and actually making real lifelong transformation. So it's, it covers everything, you know, it covers, um, especially for this time of the year, as you say, people were sort of wanting to move into a, a positive way of living for 2016. And the great thing about the event is that it, it really does do that. It, it goes through, you know, how do we remove toxicity from the home? I mean, beautiful Kim's got a, a great essential oil range and I've certainly replaced my whole house with um, essential oils because we don't need to use cleaning products. Um, so it goes through that. It goes through, you know, how to actually set up a daily routine. It goes through how to remove stress from your life, which, you know, stress is our biggest killer. And if you look at how people are living, if they're eating well, that's great. But if they're stressed, then will that those nutrients aren't even going to be absorbed correctly. So it goes through all of these concepts, you know, it goes through raw food living, it goes through paleo living, it goes through vegan, you know, vegetarian, goes through high carb, low fat, high fat, low carb, basically everything so that you can be empowered to actually make your own choices. I think we often get to this stage of our life where we start to look at our health. It might have been because we've got a health issue and we need to fix it or, um, you know, it's something that we're inspired to do, but we have no idea how, what to do and we have no idea what the best path for us as an individual is we often listen to external people and go oh well she's doing this kind of way of living and she's doing that diet or she's doing that and and often we don't empower ourselves to go what is actually right for our bodies so that's the real food revolution summed up i mean we, we, we give everybody a really great insight as to all the different ways you can live and really empower your health um, but then make your own choices as to what feels right for your own body and um, and that's what it's about. It's about empowering people. It's not going, hey, this is what you must do or, you know, this is what everyone should be doing because what fits for one person, why not fit for everyone? You know, I think that that's a really good point and it's something that um, I've struggled with um, over the years with, I guess, 
if, if I'm to think back over the last sort of five to ten years, there's been a real groundswell of people's awareness around health and well-being and what it takes to get us there and the amount of um, change and flipping and flopping from this idea to that idea to this idea to that idea. It's like a quagmire of information out there that is so confusing. And I, yeah. I know even for myself, you know, I, I started off, um, I was just a normal person eating normal. Well, I won't say normal person eating normal food now that I know better. <laughs> let's, um, let's just let's just reframe what um, your definition of normal is, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, no, carry on, carry on. <laughs> so I, I think in originally growing up, I was you know what everybody would consort, consider normal, the standard Australian diet, which was you know packaged foods and all that sort of jazz, and then I got. Um, I got really busy and I did the fit for life diet when I was uh, 23. I did that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was all rage back then. And um, I, did the, I did the diet and I was working 16 hours a day right from the time that I was about 19 years old. I've always had this like insatiable ambition. And I got sick and tired of cooking for myself and I was living by myself. I'd left my husband that I married when I was 23 and divorced when I was 24, separated when I was 24, and I was living by myself. So I would just steam vegetables. And the more I did that, mm. following the Fit for Life diet, the more I did that, the less I desired meat. And then I less, you know, I didn't desire eggs and then I didn't want fish anymore and, you know, slowly I became vegan. And it was more for taste than anything. But I didn't do it very intelligently. I really just replaced meat with carbs, bread, pasta, rice. So I just I got quite pudgy. And then as I got older, I started um, wanting to run marathons and train. So I started training and running and exercising really heavily. And all the trainers that I had told me I needed to eat meat. And that was when there was this big groundswell towards being healthy and having an awareness about health and that packaged foods weren't included in that awareness. So I started to cut out a lot of stuff and I started to do lots of research and all I was finding was, you know, eat lots of meat, eat lots of meat, eat lots of meat. So I ate lots of meat and blew up like a balloon to 78 kilos. And I'm five foot two and very small frame. And um, I followed just about every possible diet to shed the weight, to release the inflammation, to try to get healthy because I started to realize that it was affecting my ability to think and my ability to perform and I, I couldn't make decisions properly. Hormonally, I started getting all messy. It was just, it, it was a nightmare. And I, it, it, I tried, honestly, I must have tried just about every strategy in the book. Every time something new came out, I went, right, that could be it. I'm onto it. So one thing I think a, a lot of people have developed is this incredible flexibility <laughs> and this incredible ability to move between different thought systems when it comes to their health and well-being. But I think in the end, I think I was 42, and in the end I just thought, stuff this. I've listened to everybody. I've done everything I possibly can, and I'm still not getting anywhere. And that was when I decided to just listen to myself and listen to my own body. And that was the very first time I gave myself permission to do that. And what I came up with for me was vegan. And I dropped eight kilos within four weeks. Kaz, what, how old were you, darling, when, this, when it hit you, that you gave yourself permission by that what stage? 42. 
gosh, it's four years ago, uh, five, mm. uh, three years ago, three years ago. It was on my birthday and I just went, I'm done. I'm done, done, done. But I think the point you make there is that we're never too old to learn. <laughs> you oh, know, most gosh. of us will wish we'd got this in our maybe our teens, even our 20s. But I think the key, particularly for our listeners, I mean, we've had people who start a paleo lifestyle in their 70s and have never felt better. We've heard of yeah. people that start or become vegan in their 60s and have never felt better. So I think the point I'm hearing from you is, as, as we all constantly say on this podcast, is that and Chrissy, you'll probably agree, is that biohacking is one of the greatest things we can do in order to mm. find what works for us. Karen, I want to ask you, when you made that decision, was it then a, just a, a complete relief around, um, oh, I, I'm home, I'm kind of at home base for me now? Like what, what does it feel like when you feel like you reach that utopia point? Well, what I did was I thought, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody and I'm not going to you know, because it was new and I didn't want anybody to judge me for what I was doing. And I also said to myself that I'm just going to do it for 30 days and just see, like if I decide to go back and eat meat again, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this for 30 days and see how it goes. And very easily 30 days became 30 weeks, 30 months, you know, very easily it's just become a natural way of being for me. Granted, I'm still on a journey. I'm still on a, in a healing place. I'm still recovering from 40 years of abuse. Um, but I think it definitely feels when you know what you know, what you know, what you know, what you know for yourself, I think what I've become is the immovable object on what I know I know about knowing myself. Does that make sense? Totally. Christy, is this familiar as far absolutely, as what absolutely. sort of people are that come to yes. your... Oh, how yes. exciting. How yes. exciting. Explain Ooh. to us then some of the, the stories that come your way, Christy. And like, is Karen a typical situation or is she uh, unusual? <laughs> No, not at all. I think it's so. I think it's happening everywhere at the moment. <laughs> Did you hear the tone? Did you hear the tone of the tongue voice? Is, is she unusual? <laughs> Isn't it funny this whole uh, this whole health industry? How it's like when it. someone starts to eat a certain weight, it's like oh they've gone a bit unusual, they've gone a bit weird or whatever. There's just so many. Um, there can be judgments, you know, placed on you if if you sort of start to step out of what normal is. And I, I put that in um, inverted commas. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Like seriously, so many people come to the event and they've tried all sorts of diets and they've tried all, you know, they've done the vegan thing, they've done the paleo thing, they've, um, you know, they've tried tried all sorts of things and then, you know, what they kind of get from the event and, and what I guess our main underlying message is, is, is really about just intuitive eating. And I had to really learn that myself. I mean, I went on this crazy raw food, and I shouldn't put the word crazy, but I, I went on this raw food uh, lifestyle way of living for for about a year, just over a year. I didn't drink. I didn't um, have any coffee. Um, I literally only ate raw foods. Like I wouldn't even have some cooked broccoli. Um, and I actually owned a raw food cafe at that point in my life. But what it end, ended up happening was it, it, it caused stress on my body. Like I thought that I'd made this really great 
change into this lifestyle because I was like, oh, raw food gives you heaps of energy, which it does in essence, but it can also be really stressful. So if you're going out for dinner, you know, you sort of there can be limited options, and if you're not flexible, um, it can create, start to create more stress on your body than than it's worth, you know. So. I guess after this year of doing this raw food way of living, I was like, oh, it doesn't really fit with me anymore. You know, I was sort of, I had so many nuts and seeds over that year and, um, you know, just to make breakfast took like three days because I was having to sprout and soak all of these different things and put them in the dehydrator and it just became like this stressful way of living for me. So I had to learn that as well. Like for me, it was about okay, I you know, used to be very, very unhealthy and so I went on this big quest to find out what would work for my body so that I could, you know, be as healthy and happy as I possibly could be every day. Uh, and then just started to sort of move into all these different directions. And now it's very much for me personally about whatever feels right. I mean, I'm sitting here right now eating, I don't know if you guys know, Ulta Eco chocolate, but I absolutely love it. And it's way healthier than Cadbury's. But, you know, there was a time in my life where even then I would be like, no, you can't eat chocolate or whatever. Um, so now it's just, yeah, it's just intuitive. It's just going with it, whatever I feel like. Um, but I stay away from, you know, sh- processed sugars and, and gluten and dairy um, and meat. Christy, I want to ask you, I know that we're all saying and, and we're all in agreement that, um, you know, do what's right for you, do mm. what feels good, follow your body's intuition, you know, and all of that. But for some people, they will sit there and they'll say, but my body says it needs McDonald's mm. or it needs um, bread or it, it absolutely, and they think that that is, or they feel that, that is the right thing for them. Do you have a top five step or a, a, a go-to part of you and what you teach and advocate that people can actually go, if you don't know where to start, if you're not sure if it's right for you, here's my go-to. Do you have something like that? Um, I don't personally have a, a go-to as such in terms of, you know, an e-book or a step-by-step thing. I mean, this is the st- sort of stuff we do teach uh, at the events. But certainly what I do say to people that are wanting to understand, you know, okay, well, if I am actually am literally craving McDonald's, like that's what my body wants. And obviously we all know that um, that's not, not the best choice for that person. It's about going through a detox process. So, Really, if we're drinking um, tap water or if we've got chemicals in our home or if we aren't eating the right foods, it, it really does um, block all of our sensory glands and our pineal gland to be able to actually um, you know, understand what our body wants. So I always say to people, go through a detox, you know, follow someone that does talk about doing a juice cleanse or doing a complete home detox or whatever to just start to clean out the body so that the body can actually start to understand and connect to what it actually is craving. So usually if people are craving McDonald's or foods like that, they're often craving just fat. So it's about going, okay, well, understanding that, yes, my body is craving fats, but it's not actually craving unhealthy fats. My body is just craving the nutrients from healthy fats. So I think once you start to detox and cleanse things out in the body, um, you know, in colonics are great, you know, just, just working with someone that does know how to work you through it or talk you through a detox. Um, that way you can sort of get to a point where you can start to connect a little bit better with what your body really wants and start to empower yourself to start making the right choices when you're in situations like that. You know, that's um, what I love about um, Cindy's um, 21-day reset program. You know, I, if it was me, I would be going straight to her website, you know, changinghabits.com.au for those new listeners. But I'd be going there and looking at it, maybe something like her 21-day reset 
The other thing that I think is extraordinary is Pete Evans, the Paleo Way tribe, um, his Paleo Way for 10 weeks. Now, that's if you're a meat eater, of course, or, or at least eat um, animal products. But that basically is dairy-free, grain-free, wheat-free, sugar-free. And for most of us, just to detox off those things or to yeah. come off those things for a 10-week period would be a massive detox. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they're fantastic programs. I just want to throw something else in there too um, because a lot of the time when people are caught on that cycle of being trapped in the McDonald's, being trapped in the high sugar, high fat, they're looking for an emotional um, crutch and what mm-hmm. they're using food for is an emotional uh, emotional support. So I just want to throw eat with ease in there as well mm. prior to a detox. Oh, my God, of course, Karen. Yeah. Mm. Because I because tell you, the other thing before even that, if I'm sorry to butt in on you, but one of the most important things and probably the reason why I didn't come up with that one first and foremost is someone like me can be quite disciplined when I take on a program. So you could throw any program at me. And from a mental perspective, I don't think I would struggle with that. Whereas you are absolutely right. Probably 80, if not 90% of people, first and foremost, the mental mind shift to do a detox or to get yourself. Mm. Karen, can you just briefly explain exactly what that program gives to people in a little snapshot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, statistically, we found that 90% of people attach an emotional experience to eating. And when they do that, the food's not just about fuel anymore. The fuel, the food then becomes a way of either soothing an emotion or suppressing an emotion or um, confirming an emotion. So we eat because we're happy. We eat to reward ourselves. We eat to socialize. We eat to punish ourselves. We eat when um, we feel like we're too fat. We eat to comfort ourselves. We eat when we're hurt. We eat when we're um, excited. So and even culturally, you know, we eat, we eat as a culture to, to around, you know, when people gather, they gather around food usually, or we go for coffee or we go for coffee and cake. So, you know, there's usually an emotional attachment to food. Now, as soon as we start to do that, and for the most part, it happens from the time that we're very young. So as soon as we start to do that, food's no longer about the food and it's no longer about the nutritious, um, contribution that it has for the body. Now it's an emotional attachment that it has for the body and emotions, you know, we can change our mind really easily and very quickly, provided we've got incentive to do that. But the body is a much wider arc. It takes a lot longer for the body and the memory and the cellular memory that exists inside of the body to move and transition. So to be able to deal with the emotional component of the relationship that we have with food first allows us then to be able to trust our bodies better. So a lot of people can't trust their bodies because they do want sugar, they do want McDonald's, and they can't trust the signals their body's putting out because the signals that are being put out are driven heavily by emotions or addictions. So we've Mm. got to be able to really address those parts first. In my opinion, we've got to be able to address those parts first if that's what's driving our behaviour. And then once we've addressed that, We've got peace with that. We've re-established our um, inner connection to those signals and we can trust those signals. Then it's a case of saying, well, now that I can trust my body, now that I can trust myself, what is it that I would like to do for myself? What do I want to try? Let me go try paleo. Let me see if that works for me. And then they can pay attention to the signals the body is giving them and decide, um, 
intelligently and through with you know trusting their body what works best so or, powerful or vegan or I'm or sorry. you know whatever whatever mm. yeah i love that yes thank you for sharing mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome if i do say so myself mm. if oh, I it's do, awesome yeah if i do say so myself yes yes and karen you've had amazing results with that program your sister is a classic um, she's completely changed from uh-huh. when she started that program. So you've yeah. certainly got the proof with that. And and I, I think uh, the key that I'm getting here is that it it doesn't matter where you start, start somewhere totally. and go yeah. for something that really works for you. Uh, Christy, the, the speakers that you have as a part of your program, explain how that works and where people can find out about this real food revolution. Yeah, so... The speakers, basically, when when we put together the Real Food Revolution, we wanted to get uh, a wide range of speakers that focus on, obviously, the different topics that I spoke about before and that are experts in that. So we've got, you know, collectively over all of the different cities, we've got a great bunch of speakers that go through all these different concepts and that do specialise in that individually. So, I mean, if you look at sort of fermentation, we've had Kale Brock, you know, he's really doing some wonderful things in the fermentation industry or fermentation space at the moment, um, and Tim McNeely from, from Brisbane and Sarah from Butchie. So we really find the people that are the experts in that particular subject and do get them on board to, um, you know, to come and share what they do with, with everybody at the Real Food Revolution. In terms of where people can find out more about either our speakers or the actual event itself, the website is just www.therealfoodrevolution.com.au and at the moment we've got three events coming up, so one in Melbourne, one in Perth and one in Cairns in early 2016 and hoping to release a few more for next year as well. Um, but, yeah, the speakers basically are, are – are, all quite well known individually and it's I think it's beautiful that we sort of can all connect and come together for the space of that that conference um, in each city to to really work together that that's what it's about as well like I love that all these podcasts are happening right now and everyone in the wellness industry is really collaborating it's not an industry of competition and that's what I really love it's an industry that we all sort of come together and just have this beautiful message that we want to share with everybody I think it's um I think it's really cool that you know, at the heart of it all for everybody is just simply about making the world a better place and making life a little bit easier for people and, mm. and, and, and having them be a little bit more in touch with themselves. What do you, what do you think, um, Christy, about, you know, people really um, using what they discover from your events and from the beautiful speakers that you guys have there? What do you, what do you, you think, what do you think are the first things people do? Like once they've heard everything and collected all of that information, what do you think they, they do when they leave there? <laughs> I think they leave on a high for sure. Yeah. Um, I think they could leave a little bit confused as well. <laughs> and I say that um, with the utmost respect that, you know, this can be daunting for people. If they have no idea about any of these concepts or if they've been living in a world of confusion, sometimes you can get bombarded with all this information and leave and go, oh, my God, what, what do I do? What's next? But I guess the way we have done it is to try and simplify all the concepts. We don't go into very big uh, ways of the science behind anything or anything like that. We really keep quite 
try to keep it quite simple so that people can leave and really start to empower and change their lives. Now, what we've heard, and and I often ask for testimonials, you know, I I follow up with all of our guests. I I, I sort of send out an email every um, month after the event to see how they're going, you know, just check in, see how they're going. And, you know, most of them, well, from what we've heard, most of them have taken significant steps to make the changes in their life. So, you know, they might start making kombucha and kefir and their own sauerkraut. Um, they might have decided to try some different types of lifestyles. You know, what, what works best for them? Is it paleo or is it just adding more greens or um, taking out this or taking out that? Um, but what we've heard on, as a whole is, yeah, usually people are sort of leaving and going, okay, well, what does my life look like right now and what are some positive steps that I can take? You know, let's reduce the stress. Um, let's, you know, love ourselves more. Let's incorporate yoga. Um, you know, let's go and make some sauerkraut, etc. Let's start to make some whole foods at home. And it just, yeah, they, they're just really empowered. I mean, we, we, we get so many lovely, beautiful testimonials to say that it's one of the best personal experience, personal development experiences that people have ever had um, because they're just so empowered to make those changes in their life. Not everyone, obviously, is going to do that. I mean, some people would leave and start on a really great track and then obviously I think this is what, what can happen is that people will fall off the bandwagon again. Um, which is where, you know, something like your program, Karen, is fantastic because often the reason for doing that and falling off is an emotional response or emotional thing of what's going on in their life at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it can go either way. The, the event gives them all of the information to really empower them to take those next steps. We we do offer that support afterwards and we've heard some really great feedback on how people have changed their life from the event. You know, the most important thing out of all of this um, you can't hide from a healthy body. You can't mm. um, cover up what it means to be um, committed to your health and well-being. You cannot mm. hide. It's not like you can hide those extra kilos or the tired-looking mm. skin or face. So the reality is that any change or any um, healthy person, there is a dedication, there is a level of commitment, there is a level of absolute wanting to make a difference. So I think the taking action, and, and it's all very good and well to come to say the real food revolution or sign up to eat with ease or sign up to the 21 day reset or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, nothing will change unless you make the effort to take action in any one of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Mm. Mm, spot on absolutely absolutely um and that's the thing i mean you can use an excuse that you're overwhelmed or you can use an excuse that you you're confused or whatever but really um it just comes down to taking the action and that's important for every every part of our life it's funny whenever i see someone like i don't know about you guys but when you see i tell you i'll give you an example the victoria's secret um modeling show was on a couple of weeks ago live on television it's a one-hour show it's actually really cool to watch with live musicians and the whole thing I don't know if you guys saw it but the girls that are on it it's quite an honor they've got like 600,000 followers if not millions of followers Mm. on their Instagram accounts they're stunning I mean they're basically 12 year old stick insects no they're not they're in their (laughs) 20s but just unbelievably beautiful girls and I was listening to one of them and what I loved about it is it went kind of backstage a little bit in bet- throughout the show. It's, it shows them in the build-up to the show and a couple of the girls were there at the gym and they were kicking the heck out of this bag and they were doing this. And one of the girls said, you know, I've been so looking forward to this night. 
for the last six months, I've just been giving it my all. I've been training seven days a week, if not some days twice a, twice a day, seven days a week. We've been really good with our food. Um, we've really taken care of our skin. And all of a sudden it hit me and occurred to me that, you know, we watched the one-hour show and these beautiful six-foot models walk down in their bra and, and beautiful lingerie and gorgeous wings behind them and they look like... I mean, really, it looks easy looking at them. It looks easy looking at models. It looks easy looking at these pictures and magazines. But what people forget is the amount of effort and work that it takes for these people to get there. So when you leave one of your workshops, is there a, a, a plan? Is there something where people can actually hold on to what it's going to take to do this? Hmm, great question. For the VIPs, we do have that option. Uh, so there is a, a, a follow-on program that they get given just to sort of keep them on track from what they've learned at the Real Food Revolution. In terms of also our speakers, they a lot of them do have their own program. So, you know, I guess when you look at any type of mentor or coach, we go with the person that resonates with us and that at the Real Food Revolution, it gives people a really great chance to be able to go, oh, okay, well, that speaker resonates with me or that speaker resonates with me, so I'll grab their program and keep working with them. And that's usually how it goes. In terms of us actually having that sort of follow-on program, we don't. We, we usually just stick to the event. But certainly the speakers and, and people like you, Karen, that are out there and, and you, Kim, that are, are doing you know such beautiful work in the wellness industry, People leave and then sort of find the, the mentors and coaches that resonate with them from the event or, or in the wellness industry and start to sort of follow them on, on with that journey. So on that note, Karen, is it fair to say then, you know, try with what feels right in the moment, you know, go with what feels good, take action in some way. And if it's what's, – what's your thoughts around – I, I want to ask you the question yeah. where it's getting too hard because you can't be bothered committing or yeah. whether it's not right for you. How, what's the fine line? <laughs> and you're spot on. It is, I, I reckon it is a fine line and I reckon I'm the perfect person to ask that question. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> because, you know, like I think your person's actually got to, it's, it's, it's a sad fact about us as humans, but, you know, it's that whole pleasure and pain principle. You've got to be in pain enough to take the action that you want to take or sorry you've got to you've got to be suffering enough to take action but if a person isn't suffering they're not going to take the action so a person who's well overweight but can still do everything that they want to do they don't have any trouble everything's fine they're not going to be inspired to want to lose weight necessarily I mean sure their genes might be tight but they're not feeling sick they're not sluggish they're all okay it's like somebody who's smoking if they're not if they're not suffering with it they're not going to be inclined or inspired to give up smoking terribly much unless you know they meet somebody who doesn't want them to smoke or you know circumstances change in their life so it's the old pleasure and pain principle so for people you know, going to something like this, we've really got to be able to have them see that. Um, and I think this is where sometimes being graphic, like being able to explain the consequences of what's actually going on inside a person's body, even though they feel like they can still do everything they want to do, to be able to actually show and explain what's going on inside of a person's body so that they can see it is the wake-up call that they don't have unless they go to an event like this. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they're just sitting at home and their friends say, 
oh, you know, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to do the fit for life diet. Oh, good on you. Let me know how you go with that. Rather than, you know, why would you do that? What are you currently experiencing to make you want to do that? Why, why, why? And, yeah. I, and I think, so important. yeah, I, and I think, again, coming back to the pleasure and pain, if we're not in pain, we're not going to seek pleasure. Simple as that. Absolutely. We're not inclined to, we're not inclined to do it. So we've got to be able to highlight the damage that we're doing that we can't see. And I think that mm-hmm. that's why events like this are so important because otherwise a person's mm-hmm. just not educated and through ignorance and innocence, mm-hmm. um, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with, with what you're saying 100%. Even you look at your story, Christy, like, you know, it wasn't until you were feeling sick and it wasn't until you were in pain and you couldn't digest your food and you were struggling that you really had the slap across the chops to give you the wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Mm. you know yeah, absolutely and most of it and it, it's a real shame that 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 it, that it has to be like that i'm i'm trying to challenge that point in, in my own head at the moment by going well you know mm. do we need to do we really need to be in pain to to get to pleasure and unfortunately that seems to be the way it does go but i guess the more we all start to be leaders in this industry uh people will might not get to that point first um to actually start to make the changes constantly saying um if you one of the questions she often asks at the beginning of her talks are, can I see a show of hands if you were confronted with a life-threatening illness and you were told to eat, let's say, you know, wheat-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, paleo, whatever the choice was, would you do it? And everybody puts their hand up. Almost everybody in the room will always put their hand up. No, she absolutely. Said, and she says, it's interesting because statistics show that, in fact, only one in nine, or one in ten of you will actually stick to it. Wow. So for the first wow. week or two weeks, you might do it. But, in fact, mm. there's only one in ten of us that will actually stick to what it takes. So even being confronted with the pain or the, the thing doesn't necessarily create a long-term change or effect, does it, Karen? It's, it's kind of like it's uh, my feeling around it is that, we are a constant work in progress. We are, I don't know if there is such a point of utopia or euphoria or ultimate enlightenment as far as being a human. Maybe there is, maybe I'm myself's Buddha or, or the Dalai or, or Jesus. I don't know. Maybe there is, but I'm certainly not close to it. And what my feeling is, because even, and, and Christy, you might adhere to this, and I'm sure I know Karen and I have had many conversations, we fall off the wagon and we fall off it often. Um, we just probably don't stay off the wagon for long or we have learnt that, you know, one day every now and again is not a bad thing. It's it's whether or not people are doing it for lifetimes. So, you know, the, the important thing that I'm hearing here is that, yes, it's all very good and well, but the reality is how do we or how do we or should we even be worried about the people that aren't prepared, the, the other nine people that aren't going to stick to it? And I think those are the people that we really want to go for, isn't it? I mean, those are the ones that we want to be able to help because ultimately you, know, you don't really want people to have to go through hell. No. You know? And it's often the people around the people that are going through their own hell with it. You know, I've got a friend that's been confronted with a very life-threatening illness at the moment mm. and he's in hospital and everything. And then my girlfriend turned up and she said to me, oh, Kimmy, I've got to show you what he's eating or what they've given to him. And I, I, I've got a feeling you're going to cringe. Mm. And I think I've mentioned this recently, but 
to see white bread, uh, oh, sugar with, with special mm. K uh, or some mm. wheat bix or something or other and tea with white sugar, oh, I, I just sit there sometimes going, oh, are we really that disconnected when the medical fraternity yeah. does not see the importance of fueling the body with the most unbelievable nutrients. I, I actually can't understand it, guys. I don't get how we do not put a correlation to what we're eating with our health mm. condition. Are we oh, still in a bubble? Yeah, I think so. I, uh, I'd i love to just make a point on that, and thank you so much for sharing that. I um, Last year I had a car accident and got um, concussion and ended up in, in hospital. Anyway, I'm in hospital and, yeah, they start to bring out, like, yeah, dairy products and white bread and sugar products and I was just, I said, no, like I said, I, I didn't eat the whole time I was in hospital. I was like, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that to my body. And, I, and it really got me thinking about how backwards the system is, is, you know, we go to hospital when we're sick and I think, you know, all due respect to the medical industry, it's totally, totally required. Um but in saying that, you know, what what is actually going on? Like why is the medical industry not stepping up and starting to realise that the food that they're giving to people in there um, is obviously doing more harm than good? Now, to flip that around, I actually do have a friend who recently brought out a superfood gelato range. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gelato. Uh, and she's actually got it in the hospitals. So in saying that, yes, I, I believe it can be a little bit backwards, but I think change is about to start happening, and it's, you know we're, we're starting to see that, which is really awesome. Yeah, I think that's I think that's encouraging. You know, like there is that groundswell of change and awareness. It's just, I, I guess, because we are all of us. We're like so in that way of being all the time. When we see the contrast to it, and you know, the old school way of eating especially in our hospitals and especially where we need to be nursing people back to health to see it mm. like in there it's like oh my god it could just it's a stab in the heart isn't it mm. it's like oh really mm. Tragic. absolutely um, yeah. christy looking at your personal journey what have you learned the most then in this last in your last um I know you said you're 27. I can't remember the age when you said you started on the actual journey of health. I think you said 23, was it? Um, 23, yes. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what have been your big ahas and your big learnings for you personally because there's bound to be people that are in a similar position and whilst, it, like you've said, it might not fit everybody, at least share with us what your big ahas and turning points were. Yeah, okay, excellent. Thank you so much. Um, so over the last four years, it's not only just been a health journey for me, it's been a big lifestyle journey. And when I started my journey, I I did try a, a lot of different things. You know, I tr- sort of tried the whole paleo way of living. Um, I tried the, the raw vegan thing. I, I tried the vegetarian thing. I tried all sorts of different things to see what would work for my body. I uh, got very into fitness, heavily into fitness to the point where I was doing triathlon training every day. Uh, plus I was also doing kettlebell training every day. So I, I sort of put my body into this really big shock of not only eating really well and completely transitioning that, but also just being this exercise, like to- just totally got completely obsessed with exercise. Now, what I ended up realizing a along my journey, and especially this is, this is sort of the first things that came up, was that I was actually – putting more harm onto my body exercising like that than what I was doing good. So I started to get a lot of inflammation, acidity in the body, and um, 
And that was really basically from overtraining. My body was very tired, very, very fatigued. And so I thought I'd transitioned into this life of being really healthy and fit. But in fact, it actually then started to take a step backwards again. So that was sort of the first learning lesson um, that, that sort of came up along the journey. The second one was in terms of health was I opened a raw food cafe. So, you know, I had this big vision that I wanted to open up all these raw food cafes and have all these different chains across Australia. I had a massive vision one. I did this when I started it and the cafe quickly became quite successful. Um, there was a lot of people at that point looking for raw food, looking for answers, looking to detox and we provided all of that to them. So that was fantastic. You know, I was really in my truth in that point of my life. I was, you know, re- I felt like I was really serving others in terms of, you know, helping them make these transitions. But what I then learned along that that process, so I had the cafes for about 18 months and by the end of my journey with the cafes, I was completely burnt out, very stressed, had very bad adrenal fatigue. And so it's interesting because a lot of people obviously see me as a figure in the health and wellness industry, but it wasn't just a smooth journey into becoming a healthy person. I had transitioned into this industry and transitioned my lifestyle, but there was still all of these like obstacles that I needed to overcome along the way to where I am now. So obviously the first one I mentioned was the exercise. The second one was that um, although I started living in my truth, I was working in the health industry, doing the things that I loved, I then wasn't looking after myself 100%. Yes, I was eating well, if you want to call it eating well, um, which was predominantly all raw food, but I was very stressed. I worked about 18 hours a day um, and I was just completely burnt out. So once again, took another sort of step backwards. So what I learned through that journey was that although we can eat all the most amazing foods in the world, we can eat organic, we can do all of that, it's really fantastic and obviously it's very important. But then if we are burning ourselves out with, um, you know, whether it be a business or whether it be something else going on in our life, that that can have a huge, um, it can actually put a huge toll on our, on our health as well. So sometimes I mention this and, you know, I certainly talk about it at the Real Food Revolution events, but about a year and a bit ago, I actually became quite suicidal from being so burnt out. And for someone that was a leader in the health industry for that to happen, um, you know, it really woke me up again to, okay, how can I actually create a body that is actually really healthy and well each and every day? So that was kind of, that was the second lesson I learned, and and now this year has been about internal growth. So for me, um, I although I was eating really well and I transitioned my my nutrition for sure, there was obviously still a huge part of my my journey to go, which meant incorporating yoga and meditation into my life, which has been huge this year. Um, incorporating good friendship circles um, and really just going within, you know, really understanding who I am, stripping back all of these layers that can sometimes be there and just really stepping into my power of who I actually am as a person and continuing with the nutrition but also really creating a stress-free lifestyle. So the the big thing now that I – and I'd love to point this out is um, – and I know Brett Hill spoke about this at the Wellness Summit – is barefoot running and earthing. It's huge for me. I literally, I live in Burley and I go everywhere barefoot because the earth and when we connect to Mother Nature, it gives us so much vitality and energy. And I really feel that, you know, just going in the beach every day, it's just so revitalizing for our body. So there's been a huge, you know, so many lessons learned on this journey from 
thinking that, you know, training, you know, three hours a day is great for the body and realizing that it actually causes inflammation and acidity and that maybe, you know, that particular exercise didn't suit me. Then going into learning about stress and adrenal fatigue and that, you know, yes, we can eat well, but if we're pushing our body and pushing our body and pushing our body, that it will burn out. And then, you know, going within, incorporating yoga, incorporating meditation and being around really amazing people and connecting to our earth. It, it, it provides us everything that we need. Mother Nature provides us everything. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Mm. But I think it's, I, th- I think I find it fascinating that the way that your body was so fatigued that you even mm. got to the point of feeling suicidal. And I think that a lot of people, absolutely, I think a lot of people have a lot of emotional distress that they can't explain. And if they knew that it was because of fatigue, stress, um, you know, and, and all the pressure that we put on ourselves, I think they would start to make different decisions for themselves do you talk about that at the at the real food revolution like do you do you actually go that far Mm. yeah I do I do I explain that and I explain what fatigue is actually doing to our body we we do have one particular naturopath that comes with us and she talks a lot about adrenal fatigue and what stress is doing on our body so I leave that expertise to her for her to go through but I do talk about the struggles that I went through in terms of you know really that that was probably one of my biggest lessons is that we just when we are emotionally and physically burnt out our health really suffers and to get to that point of actually like wanting to do that a year ago was the biggest wake-up call for me Mm. to go, you know what, we actually have to reassess our lifestyle. It's not just about the food that we're putting into our body. It's not just about going organic. Yes, that is important, but, you know, what what time are we giving ourselves each day to actually just look after and invest into our internal health? Um, so I definitely talk about that and the effects that, you know, stress and fatigue are having on the body and and that it is such an important area to look after. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And tell me, who are your greatest mentors? Who, who are the people you look up to and that you enjoy following, listening to? What are some of your favourite yeah. podcasts? Give us some of your favourite books. Tell us where you've gone. Mm. Mm. So I started with um, really documentaries. I love documentaries. Actually, the most recent one we watched was Cowspiracy. I'm not, not sure if you guys have seen it, but amazing uh, documentary on what's going on in terms of sustainability. But I, I watched a lot of them, you know, Food Matters, Forks Over Knives, those types of documentaries. Um, obviously, when the Wellness Couch brought out all of the podcasts, I, I often listen to. Oh, look, actually, I'm not, a po- I'm not a huge podcast person. I do listen to them, um, but I wouldn't say it's, it's at the top. I, I really love watching documentaries. That's sort of where my learning has come, a lot of my learning has come from. Um, but, yeah, love listening to um, Cal Brock especially. I think he's doing some really wonderful things at the moment in terms of the fermentation and gut, um, uh, you know, in looking after the gut. Um, I loved, obviously, Jessica Ainsco was such a, such a huge leader in the wellness industry. So obviously her book, um, different recipe books on, on raw foods, real foods, etc. Um, but really, I guess in terms of mentors, Don Tolman was a huge one for me. Uh, Tyler Tolman, huge one for me. And yeah, I, I, I really just try to go to any type of you know, whether it's the wellness summits, you know, I still go. That's the thing that I, I love. I love that so many people are wanting to go to these events and it's even better when there's like health coaches that go or holistic health people because, you know, you go there to absorb more information yourself. So I definitely am very much an event person. I love the energy and the vibe of going to events. Um, 
And also mentors include people that come and speak at the Real Food Revolution. We have so many inspiring speakers and, I, you know, I listen to them and I go, wow, and then I sort of start to follow what they're doing. Um, you know, Mason Taylor, he's got an amazing range of um, tonic herbs that I now take. They're all these medicinal mushrooms and I absolutely love them. They've been really great support for, for adrenal fatigue. Kasane Appleby, she's got an amazing raw food program. All these people are really leaders and mentors in the industry. People like you guys, you know, Kim, you're making such beautiful changes in terms of replacing homes with essential oils and cologne and perfume, etc. Um, so people like you, Karen, same thing with you. You know, I loved watching you speak at the Wellness Summit. In fact, I was bawling my eyes out just listening to <laughs> your story and what you're all about. So there's so many there's so many leaders in this industry and everyone's got their own touch and their own way of explaining things and there's just there's there's so many people out there that you can um that I resonate with and that I absolutely love to listen to. So a mixture, you know, documentaries massive. Um Food Matters, I, I really highly recommend FMTV subscription. It's got a, a great portal of documentaries and you know, reading blogs, etc. So yeah, that sort of sums up my uh my little overview of, of who I who I sort of follow. Oh, it sounds awesome and I think it's a great roundup really. Um, tell me about your exercises now. Exercise, interesting. Yeah, so yoga mm-hmm. and How often? barefoot walks. Um, look, I, I really like kundalini yoga. It's a very different form of exercise as such. It's more of a, a, a way of meditation so that's what I predominantly do. Um, but in terms of other yoga classes, you know, maybe only once or twice a week, I, I really don't exercise that much. I do though go for a walk on the beach every single day. So every morning at about six o'clock, I go down, I go for about an hour. So it will either be like a light jog or a walk, um, barefoot, I go for a swim and that's really, um, my extent of exercise, which, which might sound strange to a few people because they think I'm really into exercise and I certainly am about moving the body for sure. Um, but I don't overdo it. You know, I don't excessively exercise. I get quite fatigued if I do. So, I mean, I, I did recently start doing boxing classes again and started doing PT. And honestly, it doesn't really suit my body. I really just prefer to go for a really beautiful walk in the beach. And um, something else I've incorporated this year is Qigong. So I find that really energizing, um, whether you want to call it a form of just martial arts or exercise or whatever, um, but it really does energize the body. So I will, I will often do that down at the beach. Um, but in no way, shape or form am I doing triathlons anymore or huge kettlebell workouts. It's, it's um, more at ease now with my exercise r- regime. Isn't that the key too? Karen, you've always yeah. talked about that being gentle and kind and yeah. not necessarily beating mm. yourself up I think that mm. I think that comes back to paying attention to your body as well you know I, I was only just thinking about that this morning and it's interesting that you should say that um Christy I was thinking about this morning and I thought get up get up get up your lazy thing get up get up and I was trying to beat myself up to get up and go and do something and mm. um it just doesn't work for me to do that to myself and mm. then you know, I found, and I was just thinking about it as I was making my breakfast, I thought, what has actually been my experience around exercise? And I thought, every time I exercise with a level of intensity, I can sustain it for a certain period of time, and then I get so freaking sick, or something gets injured, and then I'm out for the count, for, you know, like, and it's just, it's, it's just <laughs> such a pain in the bum, and I was just, I was trying to, like, really analyze what that was all about, and I think, 
I think you're right. When the body, especially, you know, if you think about it, if the body is already under stress, which a lot of people, they are, if the body's already under stress and adrenal fatigue is potentially present and, you know, the person's not necessarily getting all the nutrients that they need, then they're going to put the additional pressure of exercising on top of themselves. It's no wonder people fall in a screaming heap. So I think... Absolutely. I think it's like that combined approach really, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's about paying attention to what you feel when you eat and also paying attention to um, how you feel when you, you exercise and what your, what your actual experience of it is too. Because, I mean, you know, I look at Kimmy and I look at Cindy and they've got the most incredibly strong constitutions. And, you know, I can only just wish that I, I you know, I'm them when I grow up. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's, you know, it, it's such a, um, it's so inspiring to know that that is also what's possible for a healthy body. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think, know. you know, especially this whole CrossFit thing, I, I don't know what you guys think about CrossFit, but I, I started to do that as well thinking, oh, my God, you know, CrossFit's the way to go because everyone's doing it and it's so great for the body. You know, I nearly died doing CrossFit. Like, I it totally did doing not. CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> did you do CrossFit, totally did not That's how I did my back. <gasps> Are you kidding? Um, I didn't yeah. know that. No. I love it. I love the idea of CrossFit, yeah. but I, I don't know whether I'm – I was too old to take it on. I'm not saying that in a I feel sorry for me way. I'm just wondering whether it is built for younger people or people that have trained. To, I went from doing nothing to a full-on class. So let's just remember that. Same. So, you know, it's 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 like saying I've never run before and let's go run a flippin' marathon. You know, if you're not prepared for it, of course you're going to hurt yourself. So I'm not saying it's the worst form of exercise by any means, but certainly the way I approached it was just sheer stupidity. And because I'm highly competitive and because I think I'm still in my 20s, <laughs> um, you know, I thought I could do what all the other gorgeous spunks and their crop tops and shorts looked like and figured that I could do it just as well, if not better. But no, no, pray tell, the universe told me and in no uncertain terms that you're going to have a back back problem for the next two years and you're going to have to calm your farm and find another way of exercising. Oh, button, I didn't know that's where you'd done it. Mm, mm. I think that's what it was. Interesting now since we spoke to Dr Lillian Clues though last week, the tooth that's impacted all the, all the problems, the meridian is the joints and lower back. So it I don't know whether it's coincidence or whether it was that. I'm just fascinated that the body gives us a whole lot of signals mm. and I take up your point wholeheartedly, Kaz, where I think it's really important to, if you do want to do something like CrossFit or run marathons, then you actually do that with a mindset of building up to it and not a, I wish I want to do it all, I want to have it all. And I think that's the hardest things for a lot of us is that we start a new regime, we go hell for leather, we absolutely go for the exercise, the food, we swap everything, we tell the whole family they're going to have to eat. Um, <laughs> there's, there's absolutely nothing in how I did it with my kids to get them off a few things when I started going gluten-free a couple of years ago and I did it for Danny. It was um, actually, it was probably even before that when they were a lot younger, I'd say, oh, shame, the supermarket doesn't have that anymore. <laughs> uh, they've run out of that stuff. So I'd wean them off it rather than the cold turkey because the cold turkey I found for many people just mm. creates absolute antagonism and rejection and then rebellion. So for many of us, it might be a little bit more easy. And then, and then I started doing their pancakes. And I first of all went from their spelt flour pancakes to going to buckwheat. And they all just cringed because they went from being these white fluffy pancakes to these grey looking. <laughs> so then I realised, oh, hang on a minute. So what I started to do was 
I did 80% spelt, then 50% spelt, and then eventually got down to 10% spelt, and now they don't even ask for spelt pancakes. You know, like so I think sometimes we've got to be a little bit smart too in the transition or the build-up to changing. I, I think you might both agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think absolutely. It, it's a slowly – my dad says, what's it slowly, slowly catch a monkey? Or because if you what? go after him, he runs away. So you got to do it slowly, slowly. Catch. Well, I'm a monkey in the in the Chinese horoscope, so be slow with me. Christy, <laughs> oh. <laughs> have you got any final messages for us, my darling? Is there anything else you'd like to say, or that you feel that our beautiful listeners would benefit? Tell us your podcast, your website. But is there any other final messages you've got for us, my love? Oh, just to you know, really. Follow what you want to do. I mean, I think there's so much out there in terms of, you know, your friend might try a life song, you think you have to do it or, you you know, you want to do a triathlon, you want to do a marathon, you think you've got to smash your body. Like just look at where you're at and what's actually going to serve your body best. Um, and also I did a, a video this morning and I, I'd like to just share with you that the main concept from that was basically just to – um, you know, take control of your life and be, be happy each and every day. Uh, we all make a choice. So if you're unhealthy at the moment, you know, you've made a choice to get to that stage. So it's, as soon as we can take responsibility of where we're at in life, um, the changes, you know, can start to happen. So um, I think that's a really important message is, is obviously taking, accepting where you're at and taking responsibility that you got yourself there. Um, because once we can do that, we can really start to empower ourselves to start making some awesome changes. So I'd like to leave that as, as a little side note and message for you. But if you do want to come to the Real Food Revolution, it, it really is a fantastic event. It's high energy. It's really fun. Um, we'd love to have you there. And you can, you can go over to www.therealfoodrevolution.com.au. Uh, if you'd like to come we've got a hundred dollars off three-day tickets so you can type in the code 100 off um, for either vip or general and i also do have a podcast platform myself which is under the wellness couch and that's called the real food revolution so but thank you guys so much for having me on it's been a blast i've had a really great time and christy we love you and we love what you're about and it's such a privilege to be on the same platform as as far as the wellness couch is concerned and i really can't you know acknowledge the beautiful three um brett damien and, and lawrence for, mm. for them for their vision for this and and thank you for the work that you're doing and the people that you're bringing together it is it is truly inspirational and and we really do acknowledge you for everything that you've given thank you thank you so much and back at you guys you're doing such beautiful work in the wellness industry so thank you yay look at us this is fabulous <laughs> a mutual admiration that's mm-hmm. gorgeous yes. well thank you my love and that brings us to the conclusion of the show so thank you for being a part of it and Kimmy you summed that up just absolutely no perfectly so for all of our listeners, please go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and you can post any questions or comments you've got there for Christy. But also, um, you know, make sure that you check out the website and get yourself along to um, the Well Food uh, – the Real Food Revolution. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so check out the website there. Go check it out and hopefully we'll see you guys there. You can also post all your questions and your comments at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And we're going to be so excited to see you again or talk to you again this time next week on Up for a Chat. So join us here and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye, everybody. 
We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Catch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.